When we don't finish what we start, anxiety begins to swell up inside of us. There's a burden on our shoulders that we feel like we don't have to carry or that we shouldn't carry it. And when it comes to our passion projects, we definitely don't want to be feeling anxious about anything that we're doing because it's already fearful enough just trying to finish something that we care so much about. In today's episode of The Writer's Lens, I want to talk a little bit about the anxiety of unfinished work. This is Josh ACL Felto for The Writer's Lens, and this is episode 44, The Anxiety of Unfinished Work. Anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. This is a word that you probably hear more so uh, than most others when it comes to mental ailments uh, here in the 21st century. Uh, Those who suffer from chronic anxiety, I think, are in the greater numbers than there have ever been uh, in the last 100 years, or at least as far as being diagnosed as such. Anxiety and those who have it uh, seems to be one of the fastest growing uh, mental illnesses or ailments that we have in the in Western culture, and uh, that leans into so many other areas: uh, depression, bipolar disorder, uh, anxiety. Being that it is a fear, and it's a an irrational fear, or perhaps the the belief that something is coming that is going to overtake you, and you have no control over it, because control is another issue with anxiety. And uh, speaking from personal experience as well, someone who can be a bit anxious, who can be pretty anxious a lot, I can attest to the fact that when I do get anxious, it feels like the wheels are coming off everything, that I don't know what's going on, I don't know how I'm going to get the wheels back on, I've got I've to get control of something, you know, I've just got to get control of something in my world. So when it comes to passion pursuits, when it comes to these creative projects, uh, these pursuits that... I've been talking about in this series, specifically this second book, The Shadow of Mars, that I've been working on. Anxiety is an enemy that I don't like to keep close to me, but it does crop up every now and again. And it does so uh, when I'm pretty much at my lowest or my weakest in terms of being inspired or, you know, the creative juices aren't flowing or I just feel like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to finish this thing. It's, It's just taken forever. So... There is something to be said for finishing what you start. And that's what I really want to unpack a bit in this episode is the necessity that we have as a creative to finish the work that we start. Uh, And me as as a writer, it's absolutely imperative that whatever I do start, whatever story I embark upon, whatever journey I'm chronicling in, uh, in pen and pad or on a keyboard, Uh, more often than not, that is something that I have to set out to finish. I should not leave it undone because there are a multitude of ripple effects that come from not finishing the work that you start. And I think this is something that is really just universal, first of all. Uh, Getting anxiety is a universal thing. I mean, I let off this episode just saying how people who have anxiety disorders is one of the fastest growing mental illnesses in the West. And a lot of that has to do with technology. A lot of it has to do with, I think, lifestyle choices that people have now where there's, we're sort of living in the age of convenience and comfort, Uh, the push button philosophy that we all have now, where I can get anything I want with the push of a button or the scroll of my thumb. So 
there's more anxiety around us, but it's not something that we can't avoid or perhaps, uh, I don't want to say control because it's not ultimately the goal. The better goal is to understand that we need to be focused and we need to focus on finishing uh, the things that we start because that's probably one of the first side effects you can tell from someone that is anxious is a lack of focus. When I started doing the sequel to The Road to Mars, the first thing I thought of was, this is going to be so much easier than my first book. That was, that was my first thought. I thought, wow, I have all the foundation. I've put everything down that I need to in terms of character development, setting. Uh, I've established a, a pretty good antagonist that's going to sort of float throughout the next story. And I thought to myself, this is going to be a breeze. You know, it took me a year and a half to finish the first book. And that had to do with the editing process, the getting the cover, getting it out there for people to read. And I thought to myself, this is going to be a cakewalk, six months tops. Okay, six months tops, and I'll finish this second book. Holy cow, I was totally wrong. Okay, I was totally off. It's taken me the better part of two to two and a half years now to actually finish The Shadow of Mars. And it has been such an undertaking like no other. Now, granted, I have other priorities now that I didn't have two and a half years ago. For one, uh, I am married. For two, well, I was married at the time I was finishing up my book, but a, a, a good bulk of it was done right before I got married. And the other, uh, the other thing now that has come from being married is two children. So that also gets put into my priority list and it gets higher than my, my passion project. So kids eat up a lot of time, which is fine. They're awesome. I love my kids. But whenever you have now more responsibility and you have other things that you have to tend to, getting to the, the passion pursuit is so much more difficult. And you have to be rather ruthless about getting the time that you need to work on whatever it is that you need to get done. Because as I'm, I'm saying in this episode, anxiety will grip you and it will hold you down and it will try to keep you in that headlock until you just basically give up and say, okay, I, I just can't do this anymore. I, I just can't finish this thing. And, and trust me, I've had my fair share of that. I, I shared how last year, for instance, uh, in 2017, I had a bit of a health problem going on for about five, six months. And that totally derailed me. I mean, I, I was moving along at a good clip in 2016. I was doing really well with my, my first manuscript. I, I kind of bolted, I think, through the first eight or nine chapters. I was only going to write about 18 chapters, so I was like halfway done already. And then life happened with second child, and then uh, I was having some health issues, uh, which, uh, you know, praise God, I got over those. And the reality was that now I was way behind. I mean, my schedule was completely thrown off. And I think the natural inclination for us is that when our plans get sort of, uh, like I said, derailed, I think is the, I keep using that term derailed, but I think it's a good visual. When we get thrown off course from what our plans are, there is a tendency to think, well, maybe that wasn't the right course of action, right? Like maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Maybe I really should be doing something else. You know, maybe I should have been working on that other project. 
uh, because this is just taking me too long and I'm just not interested in it anymore. Yeah, you might lose interest with whatever it is that you're working on. And whatever it was that inspired you to finish that, that, that book just isn't there anymore. You know, there's a, there's a part of your life that feels like it's moved on. This, I think, is one of the lies that we tell ourselves when it comes to writing a story, is that we've moved past the idea. Because I think just like with journaling that I found in uh, my, my quiet times, that you have to give yourself space to breathe and to think at the same time. Because the more you do that, the more you begin to recognize that there are things inside of you that have to come out. And when you just scrape the surface of something and you're just kind of uh, just just narrowly there on the, on the surface of an idea, to not dig it out of yourself, I think, leaves it open to basically messing up any other pursuit that you're going to have. Because you're always going to look back on that and say, well, maybe I should have finished that. And as I said before, this can really affect your focus level. I mean, this can really change, this can really change your perspective as far as like, how do I focus on the next thing if I've left something else undone? And I, I mean, granted, I, I'm a bit of a completionist. I can be a bit of a perfectionist at times. But when you're being ruthless about the time that you're giving yourself, and if you're and I use the term ruthless just to kind of give a more of an edgy idea of how you have to guard your time. Uh, I like that term, actually. I'm borrowing that from, from Brian Del Turco for my latest interview, uh, which you should totally check out. I'll just, I'll just throw that plug out there real quick in the middle of this episode. Uh, when you're guarding your time like that, you want to have this sense of, I should get this done because I'm blocking time for myself. <clears throat> I need to take it seriously right? I need to take it seriously that I'm giving myself this time to work on something. And if I'm not taking it seriously, then, you know, it does start to trickle into this area of, well, maybe I'm just not interested enough. Maybe it's just not something I should be doing. And granted, that's something you should work out with your, you know, with yourself as far as maybe this is just a hobby. Maybe this is just a kind of a fleeting interest for me to finish this book. But, I, but since I do believe that everybody has at least one good story they should tell, maybe that is your one good story and you, should, you shouldn't let that itch go unscratched is, uh, is probably the best way of putting it. So we don't want to lose our focus. You know, even if we get derailed, we don't want to lose our focus because we ultimately don't want procrastination to become part of our overall work ethic because this is something that can happen as well <clears throat> if we're not careful while we're pursuing, uh, you know, writing a book, you know, again, in my case, writing a book, I used to procrastinate a lot when I was in high school, mostly because I could breeze through any class that I was in. I mean, uh, you know, I got a public education, big deal. Uh, I still went to a pretty decent high school. <laughs> I went to a uh, pretty decent high school in Western PA. But high school to me wasn't a joke. It was just easy. You know, for me personally, it was kind of an easy thing to do. I show up, I pay attention in class, I can do the homework assignments, whatever, I can take the tests. I didn't do a ton of studying. I didn't really cultivate an I, a way of studying so that if I went to a higher education, uh, if I went on to college or, or university, that I would know how to study when it, when it mattered because I never had to. So I procrastinated in developing good habits. And I remember people telling me, you know, you should learn how to study. And it's like, no, I'd rather sleep during study hall. I just rather would sleep. Okay, I'd either rather sleep 
or thinking about writing a note to some girl I liked or figuring out what I was going to do for the baseball game or basketball game or something like that. That's what I would, I would use my study hall time for. <laughs> so, but not focusing on things that were forthcoming my way, procrastinating them, I kind of made that part of my, my I want to, it's not my personality, but I made that part of my work ethic by procrastinating things, putting things off, not wanting to do them to the last minute. And I think that if you continue to reinforce this idea that the only time you're going to have great ideas or the only time you're going to be able to really get yourself motivated is when you're up against the wall, when you're, when you got that final six to seven hours to finish a project or doing like I did, I wrote usually my five, six page papers, my research papers at about 11 o'clock at night for an 8 8 a.m. class the next morning. Not a good idea, okay? You you don't want to be running on that kind of adrenaline all the time. You want to be able to cultivate some good habits so that you can train your mind, you can train yourself so that you're not making yourself anxious just so you can work better. That's not a good way to work. You don't want to be working while you're anxious. And that's what procrastination can do to you. It can make you want to work while you're anxious. And again, that's, that's, that's not your ideal situation. You want, it, you want it to be able to flow naturally. You want to be able to sit down and not feel any kind of external pressure that's trying to squeeze something out of you that really could have come out much easier if you just would have given yourself the time to do it. Okay, and, and granted, this might sound like very obvious things, but... But these are things we forget. You know, I think I've forgotten them along the way myself. I mean, a lot of times I've put off a, you know, a story or a story idea for The Shadow of Mars. I've put it off for, for weeks. Like, oh, I'll get to that chapter some other time. I'll, I'll just fiddle around in this instead. And in doing so, I might lose track of where I was instead of just facing it head on, you know, and not, and not facing the challenge that's before me. So there is something to be said for that. There is something to be said for facing and trying to own up to whatever it is that's blocking you. You know, I did a whole episode on writer's block and how we can try to work through these these sort of dry periods of creativity. So, so we don't want procrastination to be part of our work ethic because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to be effective decision makers. And this is imperative if you're trying to build your own platform as a writer, you have to be able to start making good decisions for you and your platform. So if you're into the self-publishing market like like myself, then you know that doing independent press and wanting to self-publish your book is a must. So you have to be able to start building a platform. You start to have you start to understand that you need to start having presence online and building a portfolio. But along the way, you're gonna need maybe a community of other writers. You're gonna need an editor. You're gonna need a cover artist. You're gonna need someone that knows the, you know, knows the ropes of social media marketing. So you're gonna have to invest in some people so they can, so they can also invest in you. And we're not good decision makers when we're anxious, when we're kind of all over the place and we, we don't really know what we should do. You know, we're not taking the time to prepare ourselves. So this is my advice in this situation because I, I'm someone who's definitely made mistakes in this area where I've jumped at the first sign of, of, of a light at the end of the tunnel. Like when, when someone offered to do a, a cover for my books and I wasn't even talking money with them. 
and I, and I just agree to it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a, a giant bill in the mail for something ridiculous, you know, something that, <laughs> that shouldn't have cost me as much money as it did. And I'm thinking to myself, why on earth did I jump at this, the first person who said they'd help me? Okay, that's because I was too anxious, just way too anxious, just really anxious to get something out there. Okay, it's not making effectively, uh, it's, it's not making good decisions. It's not being an effective decision maker. And we want to be effective decision makers if we're going to build a platform, if we're going to write our book. And that also, I think, bleeds into your story. You want to be able to make good decisions with your story. You don't want to feel anxious writing your story, right? I mean, you want to, you know, obviously you want to feel confident in your work, but you also don't want to have this sense of fear driving you. And this might be an overarching theme of our lives as well. Like we don't want to be, we don't want to be fueled by fear in any sense of the word. We want to be fueled by something else, you know, sort of motivated by maybe a higher calling or a, a divine purpose, you know, something that has called us forward rather than saying, well, I'm doing this because I'm afraid I might fail. I'm doing this because I'm afraid of judgment. So if you're someone who's hearing this and you felt like, man, you know, I, I've been anxious trying to finish this book or, you know, I, I feel like I'm more anxious than I'm eager about trying to get my voice heard or trying to get my story out there for people to, to read and listen to, then, then first of all, you're not alone. Okay. You're not alone in this pursuit. Okay. In this journey that you're on. I mean, I, I think you'd have to be maybe not human to not have some fear surrounding a story that you're trying to get out. If I just, especially if it's a first time one, I think that some people can have a bit of a naive sense of bravery when it comes to putting their first book out there. I mean, I had a little bit of naivete as far as what my expectations were for the moment my book hit the shelves. Like I, I remember just sitting there checking my Barnes and Noble sales rank like every hour expecting it to eventually get into the top 100s and I had zero marketing going on. I mean, that that's kind of the epitome of, of naivete. <laughs> if there was ever an epitomous moment of totally having delusions of grandeur, that was it for me. And I remember after probably about a week when my sales rank would dip up and down and I remember thinking to myself, okay, Let's come back to reality, Josh. You've told maybe your coworkers and your family about this thing. It's not exactly going to spread like like the gospel. Okay, it's it's not going to do that. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a good idea maybe, but it's just not going to spread like that. So so if you are that type of person that feels afraid of your idea and you you feel anxious about finishing your work, Part of that anxiety I would charge to you is just the fear of just not finishing it and creating the gumption and the habits to eventually finish it is going to relieve you of that anxiety because as we become a culture that's more and more anxious and we're not really sure uh, how to manage it the best, you know, there's there's all kinds of remedies for, for dealing with anxiety. But as we try to figure out the best ways to manage your own anxiety. One of the best ways you can manage your own anxiety is to face that fear. I mean, totally face that fear. Face the thing that you are afraid of, right? I mean, that's that's probably the best medicine for dealing with what could be an irrational fear. Uh, many times I, I think and I envision of what my my book will look like if it's if it makes the, the New York Times bestseller list. 
there's a sense of like awe and motivation, but there's also a sense of fear. Like, can I handle that kind of pressure to write another best-selling book? Do I want to have the pressure of, of writing a best-selling book upon my shoulders? Is that something I want to do? And those are times when I do have to take a step back and go, look, you're not even finished yet, Josh. You haven't even finished this story. You haven't even finished this book. You're creating and projecting results and conclusions that haven't even come to pass yet. So why get, first first of all, worried about it? And second of all, why be anxious about it? Why fear something that has not come yet? Um, these are some things to keep in mind. Again, if you're, if you're writing that first book, if you're trying to get that first idea out there, uh, that if there is an anxiety over you as far as finishing it, just do it. You know, like I, I want to encourage you in that right now. I want to encourage you to, to plug away and get it done to get that monkey off your back, to relieve yourself of that burden of feeling like you cannot finish it. Because as I've been talking throughout this episode, there's so much that affects our lives when we're anxious, you know, affects our, you know, affects our work, affects our relationships. It affects other things that, that might hold our interest, you know, creating a lack of focus, you know, all the things that I was, that I had mentioned. I mean, uh, Anxiety is not our friend, okay? It is not our friend. It's something in the moment that we might be able to feel, but we don't want it to, to hang around with us. We don't want it to become a permanent resident in whatever it is that we're doing, especially uh, when it comes to these things that we think might be of use to other people. If it's our passion, if it might be of use to other people, we don't want anxiety to be to be holding that back. So, so uh, I'll end it with that, with this episode. Uh, I hope that has been a bit of an encouragement uh, to to those who are listening and checking out here on the Writer's Lens. I uh, really appreciate you guys for the support. Uh, there will be a new launch coming forth with myself and some other Cleveland creatives. So uh, be tuned for that. And more on the Shadow of Mars as I approach my, inevit- <laughs> my inevitable re- release date, speaking of anxieties. Uh, but uh, there'll be more on that in, in the coming uh, episodes here on the Writer's Lens as well as some more interviews. Um, so uh, please stay tuned for those and like, share, subscribe, comment. Let me know what you guys think about this podcast. If you think I'm just kind of blowing smoke at you or if you're finding it to be of help or of use uh, to you in your own creative pursuits, I'd love to know that. You know, that's part of what gives me juice and lets me know that I am helping someone out there uh, with whatever it is that they're doing as well and kind of just taking the creative journey with you. So until next time, guys, have a great week. And I will catch up with you again soon. This is Josh J.C. Alfalto for The Writer's Lens.